And rolling. What's happening, y'all? Andy and Zach broadcasting here from the Nations. And we have a special guest with us here today, a new neighbor, professional neighbor in the Nations. This is Sarah Arnold of ISI Elite Training. Nailed it. Boom. <laughs> Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, totally. So, um, you know, a big goal of Andy and, and I here for the show is obviously highlighting local professionals um, and especially those who have taken the big step for leading the ship, mm -hmm. leading a whole new business, a, a brick and mortar, a live in-person, in the flesh, small group training um, business. And that's a very special thing. It's something that obviously Andy is mm -hmm no stranger to, um, and I've worked for a handful of gyms here around town, um, kind of following the same basic model, and it's a very awesome, special service. Um, but before we get too far down that road and looking ahead to what you're going to offer mm -hmm. us here in the neighborhood, tell us a little bit more about your background and how you made your way to the A to Z show. <laughs> how did I make my way here? Well, Instagram, that's I think, how I, yeah. I got here. How did you guys find me is the real question. I believe we had your flyer on yeah, the bar. On the bar, yeah. Yes, yeah. I did. I, I picked did. it up. I was talking to Ken, we were closing out one day, and I was like, look at this. <laughs> and then we, I think that's like literally what I did. So I was like, yeah. okay, Instagram. I figured as much, yeah, because we came by, dropped off some of our material, opening a new gym, yeah. you're drinking beer here, kind of the same thing, like we could be friends. And so that's how it is. I but like beer and fitness go hand in hand. Yeah. I've always thought about buying a bunch of little kettlebells mm -hmm. and like putting them on bars and shop tops and you know, where you go to check out and that whole thing, like around a bunch of small businesses. No, if I, if I ever, you know, opened up you know, my own gym, no, that yep. would be my marketing strategy. Get the like 203 pound one so that they can't move it. And they have to like walk around it. And then they'll be like, this guy left this 200 pound kettlebell. And then they have to call you yeah. and be like, well, I've got you on the phone. <laughs> Come by and work out. That's a good Come one. by and work out. Yeah. All right, so I'll spray paint mine neon green and then okay. you guys can help me carry them, right? Um, These muscles are for show. No. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't know how functional you think you think we are. Our, we we were literally christened the Broken Bastards by Dan John last week. Yeah, so, I love that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but Andy tore my bicep. Tore his bicep, and I fractured my tip fib. Yeah. So we were the Broken Bros for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have a friend that just got his peck, tore his peck off because he was lifting so heavy. I hope he sees this. He'll love that. Uh, and he's recovering right now, and it's awful. I can imagine. Awful. Yeah. So, all right, my journey. Um, back to the question. Right. Uh, so, 2015, moved to Nashville. Mm -hmm. uh, business manager in the music industry. I have a background in sports. Um, field hockey, basketball, lacrosse, softball, track and field, high school mainly. Um, I tore my ACL in 10th grade, hurdle relay race, awful, awful experience. Um, but I had to spend an entire month or rather a season doing training in our training office. We were required to do sports. So because I couldn't actually function, we did training. And I learned a little bit about how the body moved. 
moved into college, went to UVA, financial mathematics and sociology degree, did financial mathematics, which brought me into the business career in Nashville, music, here we are. Um, but fitness has always been one of my passions. In Charlottesville, have you guys ever gone to a gym called Metabolic? Or yes. heard of it? Mm-hmm. Yes. So they're based out of, I think Charlotte's where they're based out of. They just opened up one here as well. Um, but I did that all throughout college and absolutely loved the functionality of it, loved the different types of movement. Moved to Nashville, got on class pass, tried to figure out what my gym was. So my very first gym I went to was Shed Fitness. Ended up working the front desk there while working my full-time job. And it got to a point where I realized maybe helping people was actually what I was meant to do and not just pushing numbers on a pad, which was really cool of all the experiences I had, but I meant I was meant for something more. Well, you know, as a personal trainer, you can count all the way up to 10. Mm-hmm. Sometimes past that. Sometimes past 10. <laughs> okay, things I've learned, and you not good at counting. I can't count. I can't either. I'm They're like, it was rep six, and I'm like, Counting okay, down sorry. also helps. You know, these are advanced <laughs> techniques that they, did, that they did not teach you in school. <laughs> I literally, yeah. Well, I can hold a conversation. What do they say? You can't chew bubble gum and <laughs> figure out that's, what else you're going to yeah, do. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, so if you see me in the gym and I have fingers, it's because I'm holding a conversation and trying to count at the same yes. time. Yes. I think that's just a normal thing that we do. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I count on my fingers yeah. all the time. Or I do. All 11 of them. I love it. It can be really embarrassing when you're trying to leave it tip. Oh, you just have to move the decimal point. I'll teach you how to do that. That's, gotcha. that's, hey, you that's go to UVA. I, I was about to say, everybody knows that. Move the decimal and then double. Yeah. Uh, My wife taught me that. I didn't know that. She's smarter than me, too. <laughs> yeah, well, um, all that to say, yeah. uh, glad that you saw the light and, the light. and you um, came to the realization that helping people it mm-hmm. can be, isn't always, but it certainly <laughs> can be, a uh, fulfilling uh, pursuit to dedicate your career and oftentimes your career leads into your entire lifestyle mm-hmm. that you obviously dedicate yourself to. So um, that's, that's no small uh, commitment, that's no small hill of beans and obviously when you're talking about being a business uh, owner and operator mm-hmm. that also means that there is um, a big part of the pie that is taken out of the energy that you would otherwise devote to yourself. Mm-hmm. And as I think we were alluding to a little bit um, off air, at least when you first start off, mm-hmm. there's a certain amounts of, uh, I don't, I hesitate to use the term self-sacrifice, mm-hmm. um, but I think a big theme that Andy and I have spoken about on the show is managing this balance between giving of yourself mm-hmm but not giving your entire self away. And often, you know, hey, to be fair, a lot of times that balance has to be knocked out in order to get something off the ground, like a, like a brand new business. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I hate to sound all, um, I don't know, doom and gloom and that, that kind of thing right off the bat, but it sounds like you're going into this thing eyes wide open. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen so far, which I, I really like, is it looks like you guys are really hustling, really pounding the pavement, mm-hmm. really trying to make yourselves a pillar of the community. And um, I'm the only one here at this table who isn't in the physical gym space here, so I'm speaking a little bit out of turn. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's a big reason why you're here. Mm-hmm. 
um, is because it seems like if you're gonna make uh, a success out of a uh, out of a gym, mm -hmm. you have to you have to be willing to do those kinds of things. Yes. So I have a question. So um, mm -hmm. I'm curious your journey from 2015 working in the music industry mm -hmm. and now there's a few years it, sort of gap there and then now you're mm -hmm. opening your own space mm -hmm. the short version of my story is i didn't never i never wanted to open a gym mm -hmm. and, like i didn't want to do that yeah but circumstances and then i ended up opening a gym back in october the reason i asked this question is on friday of this week after, actually after this podcast airs mm -hmm. i'll be at mtsu doing a guest lecture on to kinesiology students Sweet. about my sort of career path trajectory whatever trying to help inspire these kids to figure out what they want to do with their lives mm -hmm. what made you and, and these are going to be my words and you can correct me mm -hmm. what made you want to make the leap from you know towing the waters with the fitness industry straight into gym ownership because mm -hmm. for me this has been like a more or less like 12, 10, 12 year journey. I spent 11 years not owning a gym mm -hmm. on purpose and now I own a gym. What, what's been your evolution or, or what was your pathway and why did you make that leap? Why did you find that that was like your career trajectory, your career path now? Great question. Um, so I'll have to take a slight step back. Okay. Maybe this is misleading. I do not actually own this gym. Okay. I am the facility manager. Okay. of this gym. So where this moved from was working at a couple different gyms, title boxing, tilt cycle before it closed. Did you guys ever do tilt cycle or know of it? No, but I feel like I've heard of it. We'll, we'll touch back. The bike's okay. like tilted side to side. It was so great. So every single new facility that I've worked at, I've changed my roles. Assistant manager at East Nashville title and then assistant manager at tilt cycle, but kind of running the day to days and working with the owners, figuring out, you know, how do you bring a new concept to a place that has no idea about it? Um, and then at Shed, I went from working at all four gyms to being the director of the Gulch location. So that was always kind of the level up, the level up. Um, my passion is in actually group training. I have my personal training clients, but being able to actually get on the mic and be an absolute psychopath is really where I am and really where I know I'm meant to be. Um, so it was July of 2021 when I was approached by a friend of a friend, Austin Weirich. So he is one of the franchise partners of ISI. ISI Elite started in Myrtle Beach in 2013. They started franchising and brought headquarters to Charlotte in 2019. Um, through Austin and his two other franchise partners, Austin and Bo, they came together, they're friends with our CEO. They were like, yo, this is a great concept. Let's do this. So they were then looking in different cities to figure out who the best person would be. They just happened to know that I was director through a friend, asked if I wanted to come over, and the ultimate goal is to open up 30 to 40 of these locations. So Nashville 1 is the start of it. Um, we have another location in Concord, North Carolina that just opened as well. So I was eventually potentially going to go move there, open that one, but our timelines have kind of aligned up. We found a great girl to run the facility there, and here I am in Nashville. Um, and I realized pretty quickly that being the facility manager and hiring and doing all the scheduling is not what I like doing. <laughs> and it's not even that I don't like doing it. I'm just not good at it. Like people haven't taught, not that I haven't been taught how to, but you go into training at a corporate and they give you a lot of tools, but you kind of get a little bit of leeway to do what you want to. Um, I prefer the training side of things. And as it kind of falls down the line due to different circumstances, I am now facility manager and head performance coach. Mm. Um, so I'm really lucky that it's 
I say lucky, that's a bad way to say it. I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where we are backed by funding and we will be okay, but it is a pressure to try to get a lot of members on the start of things. Um, and that is also something I'm not used to doing is pre-selling memberships. Mm -hmm. Question for you guys, would you buy reserve a membership for a concept you never heard? You came and took an outdoor workout. We told you, we showed you what it would be like. We're gonna give you a founding rate. Would you actually commit to it? Or wait till it opened? That's really tricky. I would like to think that I would be, if I loved it, I think I would be loyal and here's why. He and I both train at gym five over in East Nashville oh, yeah. and I love that gym. Mm -hmm. And I will continue to go, I maintain my, uh, my membership regardless of like if I go once a week or five times a week or whatever. I just, I love that training space. Mm -hmm. I love the entire environment. So at that level where I love the space, the equipment, the people that are in there, mm -hmm. I think I would, yeah. It just depends, like, because we haven't experienced it personally yet, mm -hmm. so it's hard to say on this side of it. I'd have to experience mm -hmm. it, but I think I would. I tend to be a creature of habit, and I, and I like to maintain a very consistent schedule mm -hmm. for, like, just the mental part of it. So if I knew that I was coming to train with you every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. or whatever it is, mm -hmm. I'm very much into that sort of, like, rigidity and schedule. Mm -hmm. That keeps me on task. I like that. So I think I would, actually. I would say yes. Hmm. Well, a couple things. Uh, one, shouts out to your Concord, North Carolina mm -hmm. um, compatriots, because yep. um, I actually spent four years training in the university area, really? which is adjacent to Concord. Yeah. So have your people reach out to my people. Okay, all right. And I think I can help you out there. <laughs> okay. Concord Mills, yes. all that stuff right up there. Right there. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so that was my neighborhood for like four years. Oh, I'm good. Thank you so much. I'll do the same. Um, but, so, uh, no, whatever he's having. Good looking out. Um, for me, I would say, uh, and and also kind of extrapolating this mindset into where I think probably a lot of people are. Mm -hmm. We've heard this before. People don't buy coaching; they buy coaches. Mm -hmm. People don't buy training; they buy trainers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I think it's really all about the people. Mm -hmm. You know, so. Um, if you've got, if you've got a, a super fan, um, a, a client, a student, if you will, they're going to follow you anywhere around town. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, Andy, I'm sure you've experienced the same. Like people will drive across town, maybe even farther, so to speak, to come to come train with you. Um, concept, so to speak, is important. Um, and it has to align with like your style and your, um, you know, your expertise and obviously the, um, the service that you deliver, all of that is super key and super important. But at the end of the day, the, the, the methodology is only a platform mm -hmm. from which I think the coach shines and presents themselves. So that's why, again, like businesses are, are made and broken on the backs of good people. Hmm. That's great. I think I've experienced that. In my, now that you're saying it out loud, yeah. that makes sense for my own space because I'm weird. 
And I have a lot of people that enjoy that. For weirdness. example, yeah. Andy <laughs> used to, Andy used to work at Orange Theory. I did. Oh, it's I'd our be... ex girlfriend. We like to call her. Oh, yeah, I'm the OG actually. Oh. The Brentwood location on uh, Old Hickory Boulevard is. I was the first one of the first trainers at the first location in Nashville. Wow. Yeah. Now, how long ago was that? Fourteen. So, uh, thirteen, oh. thirteen to fourteen or something like fourteen to fifteen. Okay. Yeah. Fourteen to fifteen, I think. So now, would I be caught dead in an Orange Theory? Probably. Yes, definitely. No. <laughs> you I'm could you chuck my dead body into an orange theory. <laughs> okay. But would I show up to train with Andy? Yeah. I probably would. Okay. You know, putting myself obviously maybe in Well that's because I'm great. Shoes. It's because you are great. <laughs> you are great. And that's that's really the thing, is it's it's all about the people. And so your methodology is a way to um, give give those trainers a channel to work in, mm-hmm. um, you know, bumpers to, to, to stay uh, within. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you could have uh, the greatest trainer in like a, you know, fill in the blank, an Orange Theory or a CrossFit mm-hmm. or an ISI or, or a title or, you know, whatever. And people will show up and people will stay. Yep. Vice versa. If you have a dud, you could plug uh, you could plug a dud into like the best gym, and there's still going to be a dud. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that yes, that 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 hits me in a finding good trainers is very hard. Mm. People who you're preaching care, who have the experience, who are willing to learn, who also have the same passion for helping people. Um, so we're, we're in the middle of finding some. We have a couple, and we're going to the training process. So we'll be able to kind of get them in front of a crowd, see how they kind of work as well. Um, so I'm excited about that. But this kind of all ties back to why I'm doing this in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, what I didn't realize about opening a new gym was everything that I've now learned in the last six months. <laughs> I was hired in October for a January opening. Um, I thought hiring, everything would just go smoothly and nothing has gone smoothly, which is okay because you learn and patience has been taught and uh, now the next time we do it. Um, But me taking this opportunity and leaving Shed was in hopes of being an area director where I was going to go different location, live location. Um, Not to say that's not going to be the case, but we're pivoting and seeing what works with me, what I actually want to be doing because the last thing I would want to do is, you know, go into a role and realize I dislike everything about doing it, or I'm shying away from the things I'm actually not only passionate about, but good at, Hmm. um, which I know is coaching. So I'm trying to figure out the the level there, but the process we're in right now of pre-sales in about four weeks, we should open our doors, given that everything goes well, um, is pre-selling memberships. So tonight at 6.30, I will go teach a session. I have, I think, five new friends. We'll talk to them, we'll explain to them. We have weights, we have sleds, we have ropes, we have ab dollies, we have all this equipment. It's 70% weights, 30% cardio, but in this pre-opening session inside the Southern Grist Warehouse, which is a super cool, dingy place that we love so much. So you guys have to come work out. Uh, right over here? Right over there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when it's cold, uh, the weather was not so great earlier, so I moved it inside. Also, wind has been a terrible factor. Sure. Matt's flying all over the place. We're running all over the <laughs> I mean, literally last week, it was literally like jumping into the road to catch them. I was like, okay, all right, we're good. Um, but we work with what we've got. So today sure. we'll be full body. We've got bands, we've got hex ladders. We'll kind of give people the gist of what it is. And that ties back to those members, the members that are committed to coming, know and see what the vision is. 
and are committed because we are there. It is us. It is me. I am selling me and my staff and all of the members. Yeah, the workout's going to be great. Yeah, we're big on community. We do no shower happy hours, which is where beer ties in, by nice. the way. We did one on Saturday. Okay. Worked out in Southern Grist parking lot. Drank some beers, ate some food. Great time. Great time. I can get behind all of these things. Oh, they're so much fun. So <laughs> those, are the things I love. those are the things I love about this. I was going to say, the only way I could get Andy to do a podcast with me is... To drink beer. Yeah, agreeing, yeah. So literally is what agree to, to, to drink beer. while we do it. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And that's really the attitude that you got to have. I think no matter where you're coaching, no matter what sort of fitness business you are, you are putting out there, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you got to be, I think it's, it's also it's very, very important to be uh, client-centered in a way that we were talking about like with Dan John last week, mm-hmm. which is being um, empathetic to the extreme mm-hmm. with where people are at. Yep. You know, if you just consider, if you just consider like that the average person, the average, the average Joe on the street um, is so far removed, mm-hmm. so, so far removed from the nerdy stuff that like we're talking about, it, it's, it's hard to even put yourself in their shoes a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, you know, if you're, if you're going to make a good run at it, um, you have to be empathetic to the extreme. And, you know, if, um, Andy, if you recall some of the examples that Dan John laid out for us, like, for example, these workouts that we think are so great, so user-friendly, try them with a 60-pound weight vest on. Oh, I did love that. I hadn't really thought about it like that before. And see yeah. how that feels mm-hmm. to the average person who's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. 20, 40, 60 yeah. pounds overweight, mm-hmm. you know? So these are, these are things that I think as you are building the team, mm-hmm. this idea of extreme empathy is something that is, that's probably the most important skill set mm-hmm. to instill in whoever you bring oh. in on the team. Yeah. Because mm. it, gets, it gets tough, and maybe you can speak to this, but in the, the trainer world is tough. I mean, I went from like business management, a salary to teaching classes and exchanging my time for money. Mm-hmm. And it was always finding other classes, finding this, finding that. Um, so between the trainers that I found, it's either they're everything and you were bringing them on as full time. You were paying them a livable salary. Maybe they have clients on the side or you're finding people who have a full time gig who do this passionately. Um, and they're okay not to make, you know, more than 50 to 75 bucks a week or whatever it is, but they come and they show up. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the people that I'm trying to find because you can't teach that. You can't teach someone to be compassionate about others. They have to want to and have that passion for it. So finding those people who care, it's, it's important to us. And I was going to say, if you're looking to get into fit- fitness for the money, mm. you're probably weeded out pretty damn quick. <laughs> Because it's a terrible hour. I mean, we all know that. It's like, that's terrible hours, but it's pretty obscure hours. Most people don't want to be at work at 5.30 in the morning mm-hmm. or at work at 6.30 at night. Like starting a class at 6.30 at night. Like, right. that's, that's a tough schedule to live by. So, yeah, you really have to – that passion has to, like, really shine through. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just going to be like, nah. Mm-hmm. Nah, bro. <laughs> Good while it lasted, but no thanks. Yeah. 
I have not missed the 4 a.m. wake-ups. Those will come back to me very soon. Well, that's every day What time do you wake up? Well, you know, I almost called Andy out because <laughs> he responded to our group mm-hmm. thread. At 5.03 a.m.? At 4.25, or was it 4.15 oh. or was it 4.25 a.m.? I was up before this morning, so it was yeah. so, that wouldn't be unreasonable. So I almost wrote back like, Andy, why are you on Instagram at 4.30 in the morning. Well, that's because I was getting up for work. Yeah. Sorry. No, I, My I get that. My first session was at 5.30. I get that. Really? I, well, I'm also not a roll out of bed and go, in, like, go straight to work kind of person. Me either. I have my oatmeal, and I watch the news, and I drink my coffee, mm-hmm. and I have a few minutes to pet on my cat or whatever mm-hmm. and hang out, and then I go to work. So I, yeah. when I have to be at work at 5.30, which is the same tomorrow, I'm up at 4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to give you a hard time. No, I like it, but it, but my stipulation is, and we've talked about this, but you don't know this. My gym is by appointment only, but I'm there from about five thirty in the morning until twelve or one, and I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Like I don't do afternoons, I don't do evenings, right. I don't do weekends. I have the right to do that because I've spent years building my whatever. Yes. But also, I am a human, and that shit crushes me. I'm not gonna lie; like it kicks my ass to go back. Mm-hmm. I have one afternoon session on Tuesdays this week I don't but normally it takes a lot it is moving mountains to get me back in the car to go back to work Mm -hmm. especially because it's on the west side of town and I live in the east side Mm -hmm. if it were just down the street that'd be one thing and even then it'd be moving a singular mountain (laughs) it really is like emotionally I'm just like whoa I gotta like bring it so anyway yeah it's tough yeah if you don't have a passion for it you're not you just don't just don't bother really <laughs> well and you make a fair point on that as well it's like i'm the same way i have a client who i'll sometimes do afternoons sometimes i'll do mornings sometimes i'll wake up and 5 15 rolls around and i'm supposed to be there at 5 45 and we're canceled and i'm like oh. and yeah. it's just you know when you when you are devote your life to helping others i think you touched on it earlier sometimes you lose track of you know, keeping your own morale up. Um, but I know that the closer that we've gotten to opening, the more I've gotten like, all right, I forget that it's not just this hustle and bustle of a pre-sales process. It's we're getting closer and people who need to lose weight or need to have this community, like we're, we're going to be there for them. So I have to just have a little powwow to myself and remind myself it's going to be okay. And then when the gym opens, it's going to be so different. I was going to say, yeah, once, like, once those classes start rolling, it'll be great. Game over. I mean, and then you'll, you know, get slammed back to reality and be like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah, taking notes or I could do this or I need to change this or I need to fix this or whatever but that comes in after like the coaching process once you get into coaching then it all just flows yeah. and then yeah and then later you go back to the drawing board yep you're right speaking of coaching and classes and whatnot, mm-hmm. give us a scoop on how the classes are run cool so we call them sessions not classes we function in a facility not a gym Mm. they are movements and not exercises and we are coaches not trainers um the whole thought process behind that is that they we are a group personalized session so yes we could potentially have up to 32 people in the session i will not start opening the doors like that um but you are very functional in your movement you will never do more than three movements per block your blocks could be today I'm doing five blocks, six minutes a piece. Sometimes I'll do, you know, 
four blocks, nine minutes a piece, an EMOM, an AMRAP format, something like that. Um, but it's meant to be very, very functional. So you've got leg day, for example. You're starting all out all together. We have six minutes of a warm up. If it's leg day, we're gonna do some hip openers. We're gonna get those glutes firing. I'll then keep your feet moving while I explain my lovely TV screens. I have a lot of hand movements today, I'm noticing today. That's so. all right, you're still on camera. So oh, I know, <laughs> I gotta get something. Um, so you'll have the TV screens and I'll explain to you guys what's up on, you know, for the workout today, for the session. Um, it It's super cool because you can throw weights around and be able to get a good workout in without doing a hundred burpees. Hmm. And I think that's what some other concepts have forgotten, um, decided that that's not their thing. Um, I've gone, not to speak poorly, of an F45, there are direct competitors, but the only class I've ever taken was in 2017 in Australia, and it was jumping, 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 jumping. And I was like, I don't even, I don't enjoy this. I'm no. a trainer, I know how my body's supposed to move, and it just wasn't, it didn't make sense. And if it didn't make sense to me, then for people who literally knew nothing about what they were doing, it doesn't make sense for them. So we're going a leg day, let's say it's you know five blocks, right? Maybe you'll do a sled push with some reverse lunges. We'll have plates, we'll have boxes, TRXs, pull-up bars, dumbbells, kettlebells, ab dollies, BOSU balls, all of this stuff. Um, and we'll make sure that we're really working through every part of the leg that's programmed for that day. Maybe it's gonna be quads and calves on that particular Monday. Um, we'll hit it in a different way. We'll make sure that you're not out of control. That's not to say that we're not gonna do jump lunges and we're not gonna do burpees and all that stuff, but I don't ever plan on programming that to be like the way you get your workout in. We'll take a jog around. Um, we have ski ergs and we have those stupid, stupid echo bikes that everyone loves and hates. Oh, I love them. I don't own mm, one yet, but I want one. No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very love-hate relationship with them. Um, but you'll go through your blocks. We'll count you off. You'll, you know, get with complete strangers in your block, which I think is pretty cool. It's a way to build community. It's a way to build, you know, an actual kind of new friends and all this good stuff. Um, and then the cool thing is that we'll come together at the end and do a team finisher. So one of my favorites that we've done is rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Everything ends up, everyone puts their equipment away, you partner on up, you play rock, paper, scissors, shoot for three minutes. If you lose, you do a burpee. If you win, you stand there. If someone loses three times in a row, you both plank it out for the rest of the time. Ooh. Because that person, yeah. Or we'll pass a med ball around the room in a circle while we're on a squat. Um, at the very end of that, you'll give a cool down, stretch it out, cool towels. That's my favorite part. Do it for the towel is one of our slogans. <laughs> so. Um, it's cool. It's, it's, it's very familiar to what other circuit trainings like, but the community, the accountability aspect that we have, um, the being more weight driven and not so orange theory, cardio driven. I think that's what makes us a little different. You and I are both meatheads, so we can get behind that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's cool because most gyms that are in the group setting are a little bit heavier on the female side of things. We're about 60-40, so guys that are going to Quantum are coming to us. Half because our owner goes to Quantum and they just want to be friends, but also because there's that athletic aspect of it. We have those agility ladders. So like in high school or college where you were doing quick feet drills, we'll do those as well on our core and cardio days. I have them tonight as well, so that'll be fun. I really like that stuff. Like, I used to do that like, when I played, I played lacrosse in high school and college, and that was the last time I really did any of that. And now, like, as an adult, 
I'm like, it'd be kind of fun to like mm-hmm. feel athletic, like I once did. Um, but I, there's nothing in my own training that ever like stimulates that, and, and I could do it. I just don't like. I never right. like think about throwing that in. I don't put agility ladders in my gym. I have them in my home, but not in my gym. I could literally just throw them on the floor and just like do like footwork, just like change up the warm up, like and really just like for play, for fun, mm-hmm. like stuff that isn't necessarily like directly related to any particular fitness goal mm-hmm. of what I'm doing in the gym. But, like, changing it up and doing some fun new stuff like that is always kind of, like, it just, it's inspiring. Kind of like um, uh, 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 yard work, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, like I like that. I think there's probably a, a big disconnect between, this is my word, play. Like, uh, what am I trying to say? I like the idea of feeling athletic as an adult, like, because, again, I used to be an athlete. I'm not an athlete anymore. Trying to bridge that gap because most of the training that I do now is pretty slow going. That's slow going. Oh, my God. (laughs) That sounds terrible. I'm not selling my own gym right now. Um, It's just a a lot different than what you might find in an athletic-based training facility like what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's cool because even though it's got elite in the name, that was one of the things that we kind of came across was – People were like, oh, well, it's elite training. I'm not an elite athlete. Yes. like, it's yet. <laughs> um, it's meant for all athletic levels, meaning you have 60 pounds to lose and you do not like working out versus you are an athlete. You can still come take my session. I am going to teach up and teach down depending on who you are and make sure that you know you might not look like the person next to you. And that's completely okay. And I really like that aspect. I also have found out that if you are over the age of 23, no one knows how to jump rope anymore. It's not a thing. I hand someone a jump rope and it is like watching a train wreck. And we just have to all laugh about it together. And I'm like, just keep trying, you've got it. Yeah. It's been fun. I love skipping rope in my gym. I mean, I I don't have a ton of space for it, but you can. And it's so much fun. I enjoy it. It's a good workout. And also being terrible at jumping rope burns a lot of calories. (laughs) That's right. You're right. And inefficient exercise. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Well, sweet. That sounds, um, yeah, that sounds great. I think there's, I think we're entering an interesting age, era, if you will, in the fitness industry, you know, especially like in these kind of post-COVID times, you know, we've, we've seen, we've seen um, Jack LaLanne, mm-hmm. we've seen Arnold's. We've seen um, Rocky, we've seen Jane Fonda, we've seen Tony Horton, we've seen uh, CrossFit, we've seen powerlifting, we've seen, uh, you know, obviously uh, Olympic lifting, Um, we've seen F45s, we've seen cycles. Uh, cycle class, we've seen Peloton, uh, we've seen yoga, we've seen Pilates. You just naming every single fitness, everything? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm naming the big things. Okay. You know, I'm naming the stepping stones. We've seen kettlebells. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, now, kind of most recently, we've seen like functional bodybuilding. We've mm-hmm. seen knees over toes guy. Mm-hmm. We've seen um, this this 
you know, mix of like the yogi meathead, yeah. the, the functional bodybuilding, all this yeah. kind of thing. And that's, that's kind of where I would squarely put myself. Um, and we're, we're at a very unique place again, because again, you know, with COVID, then we have like home fitness, mm-hmm. yeah. Zoom fitness, living room fitness. Mm-hmm. Obviously now people are getting back out, seeing what's out there, that whole thing. Um, so the fitness industry is in a very unique place where there's almost a glut of options. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, there's, a, there's just so many players in the game. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think what the, the, the model that you're kind of hitting on, mm-hmm. I think for, for a, a, a group model makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. You know, you're, you're building off of, you know, it sounds like blocks of functional movements, mm-hmm. things that combine, you know, movement quality, getting a lot of volume in, but obviously emphasizing um, that movement quality yes. and giving people a little bit of the, um, you know, the Snickers bar of feeling absolutely wiped out mm-hmm. at the end yeah. of a training session, which is also very important for yeah. what it is. Um, so all that to say, I think that this kind of training model is very smart and obviously when led with like passionate coaches mm-hmm. and coaches who have an eye for John needs to do this, Sally needs to do that within the context of the, um, of the framework, mm-hmm. um, I think is, is yeah, probably exactly what the general trainee uh, needs. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, all that to say, I think that I, I kind of bring up all of those, those uh, niches of the fitness industry, so to speak, because I think there's a little something to learn from all of them. And I think when you kind of bring them all together, you get something that kind of looks like probably something that is, is like what you guys are offering. And I think that, uh, you know, again, going back to the importance of the people, mm-hmm. the coaches, um, yeah, I think having, having a staff that kind of appreciates like that, that lineage mm-hmm and like where the fitness industry is at a given point in time and where like, again, where the average person is, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe not even the average person, but speaking to your point, where the advanced trainee is, where the beginning trainee is, mm-hmm. and just being able to pull all these things together in a model that is malleable enough to work for all of them yep. is, uh, is obviously super smart. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited, to, uh, I'm excited to see it all come together. Mm, me too. It's- it's definitely going to be, it's interesting because any new concept that comes through, especially the Nashville area, which is very oversaturated, um, is an interesting thing. That's one of the biggest hurdles we found is people are willing to do all of the free workouts, but oh, well, I'm, I'm a little of this gym or I live on this side of town and the nation isn't so you know, convenient to me, which we get. We're going to open up two other locations in Nashville. Um, but it's been interesting the closer and closer we get to opening the more people want to know about us Hmm. when i was working back in november hey i'm sarah i'm opening a gym in three months 
they were like, okay, well, talk to me in two months, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, it's the day and age we live in. People are overstimulated. Yeah. I mean, we pulled Facebook ads for three months because we weren't getting anyone from them. Um, we've since put that back up, and people are like, yeah, we'll take free. We'll take free this. And I'm like, hmm, do you want a membership? Cool, cool, cool. Um, <laughs> so that's been something that none of the other, not necessarily all of the other markets of ISI have experienced, but some of them, Concord, North Carolina, has two burn boot camps, a Planet Fitness, and maybe an Orange Theory. So there's a bigger market of an older generation that wants to go and still feel cool and athletic. Mm. Um, Nashville, while there are 200,000 people moving here in two years, it's still just overstimulation and trying to find how to create brand awareness. Mm. Maybe by doing podcasts with random strangers. That works. So. We're not strangers anymore. Well, not anymore, but at first I was like, <laughs> no, like, am I going to be safe in here? It's cool. It's cool. You guys are great. <laughs> I kid. That's a safe space. No, I kid. That's a safe space. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you're you're hitting on a lot of salient points, and these are things that Andy and I nerd out about a lot, and we also kind of have. Um, it's funny. I say this all the time. Andy and I, we we get along because we speak the same language, in in many ways. But uh, but we we do things our own our own way. So like for example, Andy has kept his head down and has delivered a stellar customer experience for well over ten years in the neighborhood in the city, um, and has very much like built up a very robust, stable clientele, word of mouth mm-hmm. uh, base that way. With almost no social media presence. With barely any social media presence. Um, and me, I'm like, I'm, I'm like Barnum and Bailey. I'm, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm like running a three ring circus over here. Um, I'm, I'm pumping out, you know, content everywhere I can. And I think somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. is, is probably where your um, focus needs to lie because yep. again like podcast I mean you know totally unsolicited marketing advice mm-hmm. but like Listening. podcast YouTube mm-hmm. Instagram TikTok yep. we do need to get a TikTok rocking I'm not good at that I made a great reel today though we have to go I have to show it to you guys right, show like it little is. transitions that were cool okay. from the workout I'm, n- I'm very impressed by those people that do that I have no idea how they do it you, I'm, I'm sure if I gave it a, a, if you gave it a Google, you could figure it out. Yeah, the Google does really good. But yeah. the most important thing is having having like a north star like message mm-hmm. and being good at your craft mm-hmm. and not being afraid to put yourself out there. And I just think that um, pulling from the extremes is so is so important. So mm-hmm. five second TikTok, hour and a half long podcast. If you can, if you can be, or if you can have on your team, yeah. the type of people who can, like, fulfill all of those, quote unquote, content marketing um, needs, yeah. then you're hitting on something really special. Yeah. And this might be something that, you know, you just kind of have to jump in with both feet and figure it out on the way down, which is what I did with podcasting, yeah. and what Andy and I have done with podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think if you're someone who is, um, you know, again, in it for the long haul and in it for the right reasons, mm-hmm. as much as you practically can, 
fill all those buckets to the best of your ability. Yes. Which is easier said than done. But yeah, I yeah. get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a brain buster. Two brain busters, actually, for you guys. <clears throat> that, and we can spend as much or as little time on them as possible. Um, the first is... What do you think, because we have a lot of options here in Nashville as far as like fitness is concerned, why do you think that a lot of people are so fickle mm-hmm. in terms of their fitness choices? Mm-hmm. That's the first brain buster. Mm-hmm. The second brain buster is, despite the fact that there are a multitude of uh, fitness endeavors, choices, the market's saturated, mm-hmm. that obesity rates continue to climb. Now that's a multifactorial. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like, why aren't people fitnessing? Mm-hmm. Like I get it, there's like a lot going on there. So, but I am genuinely curious about the first one, like the fickleness of people, and I have a personal interest in that question. And the second part, um, that one, I don't think we can tackle, like that could be an entire podcast series. But I'm curious if you guys have any thoughts on just the state of things, considering the fact that the market has a lot of opportunity for people to get fit and to change their behaviors, and yet, statistically, they don't. Do you want to start? And I can follow up, or I can just go for it. I do not want to start. Okay. You can go for it. You are um, our guest, so you get to speak the most, preferably. Preferably. <laughs> All right. Um, definitely multifaceted in mm-hmm. that sense. Um, I can speak from working at Shed. I made it a very clear point that the pe- I, I built my classes up with people who would come to my classes. Um, and when I left Shed, I was very clear, if you live in the nations, or if you really just wanna be with me, I would love for you to come, but I would never ask anyone to come to my gym to leave another place that they were loyal to. They were loyal to me, sure. but not necessarily you know everything. Um, so I think that a lot of people at Shed will come and try out once I'm open to support me, and then they get to make the decision on their own. Sure. Um, I think that some gyms have done a really good job of building, the word cult came to mind, and I really don't like that word, but there's places, um, I have a friend who goes to booth camp, and those people are die-hard booth campers. They're not culty, but they are just like very, very much so into like the way that they do theirs. Sure, it's an um, identity. Uh, yeah, exactly. We are also decently similar to that one as well. Um, And then there's people who choose to go to Orange Theory because it's just easy and everyone else does. You know, the F45s and the Orange Theories that are known, people go there because that's just what they think that they should do if they don't know where to start. I think a big factor that I found is money um, and levels of commitment. And there's always ways to kind of cross over barriers in terms of that. Um, you have the people that are willing to pay $10 for Planet Fitness mm-hmm. and they can go work out on their own, which is great. I don't know who those people are. Great for them. I have to get yelled at to get my <laughs> workout in. Um, but that's in their budget and it works for them. So when some people here that are founding memberships, $149 to $169, they're like, I'm not going to pay that much to go to a gym and work out. I'm like, is whatever you're doing working for you? And the answer is either yes or no. And then you kind of have to navigate around that scene. Um, I don't know. I think that, I think people are willing to try. ClassPass has made it very easy for people to try the locations, which we've also found as a barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. If I can go to a yoga class and a Pilates class and a shed class and another class like this, why am I going to commit to one gym? Sure. Um, I don't know. It, it, everyone has their own reasons. Everyone has a different reason. And maybe it's not necessarily a reason, but sometimes it's an excuse. 
well, I don't want to pay that much money. Okay, well, that's fine if you don't want to, but we're here to accomplish your goals. We're here to do all this good stuff. We're month to month. You're, there's no contracts. Like, try us out. If you don't like us, no big deal. Move on to the next thing. Um, I don't know. That's a that's covering all the topics. You can take all, you can take on your thoughts from here. Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's certainly tough. Um, and I I really don't know for sure because I have kind of kind of since day one I've lived very much in a bubble mm-hmm. because I've kind of curated. Uh, I've always been a niche oriented trainer. Okay. So I've I've always kind of gone to the market. Mm-hmm. I've I've never, I've never casted a wide net, so to speak. I also think that we're hitting on something um, here where uh, you could say that like the class pass culture mm-hmm. is like the tenderizing of the fitness industry. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yes. You know, like. It's how I found my gym. Traditional, you know, again, to, to, to make this rather uh, wacky analogy, this kind of long uh, stretch kind of work here. Ideally, I, well, I don't even want to say ideally, let's just say that one way of going about it would be like traditional monogamy. Hmm. Old school, southern Bible Belt monogamy. You turn 18, 19, 20 years old, you marry your high school sweetheart. It's who you know, it's who you're compatible with. Mm-hmm. They're right there. It's you and me into the sunset. Yeah. Then there is, you move into a big city, you get on the dating apps, and you just swipe through hundreds, thousands of people, you date widely, you do other stuff widely, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe it takes you much longer to settle, maybe you never settle down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not to say that like one is good or bad. That's, I'm, you know. I'm We're not, just different. I'm not here We're to be a moralist, different. you know? Yeah. But there are, let's just say that there are um, fundamental like benefits of, let's say like the monogamous route that you don't get, that you don't get on the other side, which comes with time and Mm -hmm. effort and investment and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think that this, this thing that Andy, you're kind of bringing up, it's manifesting in the fitness industry is just one part of a whole broad cultural shift mm-hmm. of like people exercising all their options all the time. Mm-hmm. And so now you're talking like, mm-hmm. you're talking above my pay grade there. Um, but how, how does one stand out in a, in a market like that, mm-hmm. in, a, in a cultural shift like that? I don't think there's any easy answer, but I think it has to be rooted in having a super strong message. Mm-hmm. Has to be rooted in again going back to like practicing extreme empathy for your target demographic. Yep. Whether that's your neighborhood or or whatever, however that might manifest. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like if <clears throat> human beings will choose the path of least resistance. Hmm. And if that means being non-committal, exercising their options, Mm -hmm. dabbling here and there, well then that's what human beings are going to do, Mm -hmm. for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. So 
I think it, I think it almost behooves any of us, kind of in any industry, to be that path of least resistance for our customer. Like, listen, it's the easiest thing for you to do mm -hmm. to just show up three days a week and hang out with Sarah. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I think mentally, mm -hmm. that needs to be the conversation that goes on in someone's head. It's right. easier for me to just commit to this person. I know they have their best interest in mind. Mm -hmm. I know I'm in capable hands. Mm -hmm. All that stuff. And it's easier for me to just do this, put it on my calendar, pay the money, mm -hmm. and go for it. That's a strong point for sure. Hmm. I think that I think that's also the cool thing is you get to change people's opinions, right? The people that pay the ten dollars at Planet Fitness but don't see the results. You know, maybe a hundred and fifty bucks seems ridiculous, but I always try to make sure, especially in this market that is oversaturated, to over provide value, mm -hmm. you know. We have an in-body scanner that you can use, so you can actually look at your results anytime you want to. My coaches will get paid extra to make sure that if you want to come three times a week and you're dropping the ball, we're going to catch, we're going to text you. Mm -hmm. As a friend, as a coach, it's all this good stuff. Um, the community events that we'll have is something that's there as well. I mean, it sucks to be like, oh, I have to pay to be a part of a friend group, but maybe you'll meet people there. And, and the goal is that people stay with us forever because they like the product that we have to provide. They want to show up and, you know, show up for themselves mm -hmm. um, and it works and it's functional so that you're not broken and don't have to go to the chiropractor or go to someone else because you did a hundred burpees in a workout and I can't move your arms. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's hard to stand apart. Um, I just wraps back to selling you as a person. I sort of think about it. I'm just going to riff here because I'm not thinking about it. But I sort of think about it like um, like Starbucks' original goal was to be, they call it the second place or third place? Third place. So you have your home and your work and your third place. And Starbucks was that third place. Mm -hmm. um, when I opened my gym, that was sort of the, the goal was how can I be that third place for some of my people? And, and what's great about it is the people that have been with me for, since I've opened, they're like, I don't care what we're doing. I, I want to come here. I know I'm going to get a good workout in. I just want you to tell me what to do. Yep. I don't want to think. Just tell me what to do. I'm like, great, got you. And that's the best part about it is because, like, they don't have to. Like, at the planet, like if you go to Planet Fitness or, let's say, it, essentially, if we go to Gym 5, mm -hmm. there's nobody saying, like, oh, here's what you're going to do. It's just me and you being like, here's what I want to do. Here's what I probably ought to do. And then, fuck it, let's do this shit because it just feels like fun. I don't know. <laughs> Like, that's literally how we go about our workouts on, at Gym 5. But not everybody has that same sort of intuition or that wherewithal to, like, go to a gym, be like, I have goals, here are my tasks, this is the type, like, type of intensity level I need to bring to it. Mm -hmm. But when you have, like a, like, a great training facility or great coaches that really point you in the right direction, really guide you to where you, like, kind of where you want to go, um, it sort of feels like, it, or I hope that it feels like that third place, that... that that home away from home, that one, you know, you're not going to forfeit the, the training session or, or, or workout or whatever because it's built into your day like anything else is built into your day. I think that's what, it, what as a consumer or as a coach, kind of aggravates me about the sort of tender 
or class pass sort of mentality is it's like you are you you get to you get to enjoy a lot of stuff it's like um what are those like it's like charcuterie uh you don't really have, it's not like a meal you're not really like fed at the end of it but you feel like decently satisfied that's what i feel about like class pass is like you go to this or that and dabble a little bit of this a little bit of that and you're just you're decently satisfied but you're never like full mm-hmm. it which might be whatever 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 um but i think it leaves a lot like it leaves a lot to be desired i think like if, if your approach to fitness is like a little bit of this a little bit of that you're always going to be just okay at some stuff yeah. like never really good at anything never really like, great at anything never really strong never really fast mm-hmm. never really like, have a lot of capacity you know, or or vice versa. What um, Dan John said was um, specificity comes at a cost. So if you only pursue one very specific endeavor, there's a lot to be left on the table. So what I like about comprehensive functional training is that you check a lot of boxes um, without it being like like the whole smorgasbord of like all the fitness things. Like you mentioned earlier, like every little bit of like a little taste of everything. Let, let's work on like mobility and strength and capacity and have fun while we're at it. And like, let's check a couple, like a few boxes, not all of them, yeah. not one of them. Let's check like four. I don't know. Four sounds great. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what's always bothered me about, uh, at least from the coaching perspective about the class pass is just like, you want to be just fine at a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious, like how like things will like evolve, like the, the the consumer side of things will evolve in the coming years. I think ClassPass was intended to place people into their their third place, mm-hmm. and I think it sort of backfired. I think everybody was like, "Oh, well, I don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. I can literally be a member of like 15 gyms in a month, and in a saturated market like Nashville, you literally can be." Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting uh, landscape out there, and I'm, I'm just always genuinely curious, like the mentality or the the behavioral psychology of the consumer yeah. um, in that training space. So, hence the questions. Yeah, I mean, I still do class pass one because I do not have an open facility. Two because I do what I do all day long and yoga is my happy place like i would love to get my yoga certification i would also love to bring a yoga class to isi on a sunday we'll do um pop up um the word is escaping me once a month we'll do like a seminar of yoga or nutrition or whatever it is that we'll include with our members because education is everything um, people who don't know just don't know if you think that going to all these different things and somehow you'll get fit out of it cool great awesome did you know that if you put on more muscle, you're going to build lean muscle and then maybe your weight will drop. And if you get on the in-body scanner, you'll see that your ratio will change and you'll feel that. Yeah. It's, it's all about educating people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we're also in a very ADHD world here in the States. I mean, people just want to try the new best thing or do this and do that and do that. And they can't make a decision. Making decisions can be hard. So that's another factor of people I found is that they're not willing to commit. But if we can build that third home vibe, mm-hmm. uh, people will want to be there. Um, the second question you asked way back when, totally going back, is about obesity rate. Mm-hmm. My one and quick thing on that is just that sometimes it's really freaking scary. People are not set up for success 
to learn how to count macros or to eat well because mm -hmm. in the states here we have McDonald's that has lines. Literally, I will drive home at seven o'clock at night and it will be McDonald's down the way. Do not get me wrong, a cheesy gordita crunch from Taco Bell <laughs> every day. If I need dinner and I'm just not in the mood for making it, I will go and get it. But it is like once in a blue moon. Um, but I think that I've learned with a couple of people that have come here is that they're very scared to start creating an atmosphere or a place where they feel safe to not look like everyone else is what I want to try to do um, through education, through showing them that their burpee looks a little bit different, but also like, hell yeah, my goals, your goals, your goals are my goals. Like we'll get through this together, that personalized aspect. And that's my one touch. So. Okay. Love it. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say, I don't have an answer for all that. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm genuinely curious considering yeah. it continues to be an issue. Yeah. Yeah. COVID didn't help mental health either. And mm -hmm. people who are not in a good mental place eat because it's easy. And mm -hmm. then they eat because it's easy. And then or they drink. continue to eat or drink. And then you have to literally figure out how to change your habits to not find comfort in that. That's a whole other. You, I was going to say thing. one thing that I've started trying to do because my own fat loss goals stalled. I lost 17 pounds and I have about another 15 I want to go. Okay. Um, Where? Uh, in my I pants, can show you. mostly. <laughs> <laughs> Tune into the only fans. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, like, I've, I've thought about this more recently, like, in the moment, choosing to do the harder thing, choosing to train when I'd rather not train, choosing to eat vegetables or, or like, I'm going to go home tonight, I'm going to make a salad for dinner, choosing to do the thing that is more challenging in the moment than the alternative, which would be pick up something on the way home, have another beer when I get there because I've had a stressful day. Mm -hmm. Whatever that what feels like the easier route, choose to do the harder thing. Now, I, I'm not great at this. I'm okay at it sometimes. Mm -hmm. But it's just this concept that I've been like toying with for the last couple of weeks is like choose the harder thing and just see what happens. Mm -hmm. And like, and this is for me personally, I haven't bestowed this on my client base. I haven't been like, nah, choose the harder thing. Like that would feel very holier than thou and I'm, I'm struggling with it. But I just think like it's a weird little concept that I've been thinking about lately. Like what is the more challenging of these, the, like the decisions that I have? Yep. Choose the harder one. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Showing up is hard. Showing up is hard. I've had a stressful week, and tomorrow morning I'm going to be back in the gym at 5.30. Luckily, we listen to Metallica, and it's a bunch of dudes, and we just rage for half an hour, or excuse me, an hour. And it's fun. I enjoy it. So it's a great start to a Tuesday, which is my longest day. Yeah. Um, so it's a very easy start. But choose to do the harder thing. When it's the hard choice or whatever. I don't know. What a cute it's a French bulldog. Oh, sorry. Oh my God. Big Frenchy girl. Sorry. Oh my God. So anyway. Yeah. Do you choose to do the harder thing? Oftentimes. You know, people laugh at me for <laughs> a lot of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was because I was funny. <laughs> um, so, I mean, half the things I do, I, I do to... Be almost, if I can be a little vulnerable here, because I felt that historically my life has been far too easy. Mm -hmm. So, like, jujitsu, doing a podcast. Mm -hmm. Like, Andy can tell you how long I was on his rear end about doing this podcast. I actually don't remember, but it was a while. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. It would be easy to, like, let it go, 
mm-hmm. do the podcast on my own, mm-hmm. whatever. So I think like the podcast and committing to the podcast, like you were just saying, doing anything for a long period of time, the commitment mm-hmm. is hard. Because mm-hmm. you see the value in it. I see, I see the value. See, the, honest, the accountability for this is very much. It's yeah. accountability. accountability. And to go. be fair, I'm also blessed with having uh, self-talk that like I have several voices in my head, mm-hmm. but they're all like telling me to do the harder thing, which can be like not a good thing mm-hmm. a, a lot of times, but like fill in the blank. Cooking, jujitsu, meditation, podcasting, training, cold shower, cryotherapy, LISS, mm-hmm. low intensity state, state cardio, like I'd rather not. Um, writing articles, doing YouTube videos, doing all this content creation, doing the podcast, taking walks, um, stopping at one beer. Um, yeah. Stopping at. Three beers. Stopping. Stopping. Period. Yeah. Right. Um, you know all all these things. Um, yeah, and and it's a muscle like anything else. Mm-hmm. Like you flex it, and you feel a little bit better when you do. Granted, I think when we're talking about this whole idea of um, just just respecting the different people's psychology works differently, mm-hmm. and everybody has like different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm comfortable and confident enough in myself that I am willing to take those uncomfortable risks mm-hmm. because I know that there's something on the other side. Like I can tell you. I, I don't want to go to jujitsu tomorrow. I don't, because I never do. Mm-hmm. Not once have I ever looked forward to a class, but also not once have I ever left class regretting that I went. Okay. And these are just the points of self-talk that I have to just hit, hit and remind myself of mm-hmm. to, just, to just do it. And as a little bit of a meta lesson, going back to like getting a new business like up off the ground, mm-hmm. There's a saying, hard choices, easy life. Easy choices, hard life. Mm -hmm. When you're getting a a business off the ground, you make those hard choices, however they manifest themselves, Mm -hmm. and you get the the right people in the right seats Mm -hmm. to make those hard decisions and that have that self-talk in line Mm -hmm. that like can keep their eyes on the prize and that North Star goal, then, then you're off to the races. And when we can show up like that in our own businesses, Mm -hmm. we can instill that in our students and clients. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting, and I'll tap back on you asking my Enneagram earlier, because I'm listening to, like, all these things, and I'm an Enneagram 7. We don't like to be in pain. We don't like to miss. I mean, FOMO is literally the definition of my life. (laughs) Doesn't mean I don't have goals, doesn't mean I don't have dreams, but it's definitely, it feels harder for me to do those things. I can't just be like, yeah, I'm gonna go to jujitsu because of this bigger thing. I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> I could teach people all day long how to create better habits. When it comes back on me though, it's always a learning process. I mean, I'm, you are always learning in life how to do things better. And I don't know. I can appreciate that though. I, I, I don't try to appear when I'm working with my clients, like I have my shit figured out. Mm-hmm. I will tell them mm-hmm. in the moment, like I struggle with this. I've had difficulty. I lost, you know, however many pounds. I'm having difficulty breaking through this plateau. 
you know, nutrition for me works great for, you know, these days and times, but the weekends hit and that's when things go sideways. I, I don't want to appear like I have it, my shit figured out, both as a fitness enjoyer, let alone fitness professional, because I think that that would, like, like weirdly separate me from the pack. And I don't, mm -hmm. I'm not, yeah. and I don't want to be. I, I struggle with the same things that a lot of my clients struggle with, just at a different scale. Mm -hmm. You know, I've just been doing this a little bit longer, but I struggle with the same things. Fuck yeah, I want to eat ice cream after dinner. Like, all the time. That'd be great. <laughs> but I don't. I, like, I, I literally just don't stock it in my house. It's half the reason I don't eat ice cream after dinner is because I don't have, have it. it. Mm -hmm. So it's stuff like that where, and, and I do try to make that clear when I'm working with my clients. It's like, look, I, I'm not going to pretend like this is easy. This is hard. It is. I've done it. It's hard work. So I'm right there with you. I understand it. And I joke all the time, like, they're like, you make it look so easy when I demonstrate an exercise. I'm like, dude, I did two or three reps. I made it look easy because I'm fresh and I did three reps. Like, I should make it look easy. Mm -hmm. Catch me 30 minutes into my own workout and see how fresh looking it is. You know, it's not. So um, I do, I, I think, going kind of sort of tying it all back to being the coach that people want to come see and like are devoted to or whatever maybe some people look at that person that's a like far like far and away doing all the things at a higher like an elite level maybe and they are like i want to that's great i want to aspire to be that guy or that gal maybe <clears throat> i just know that i'm not i bring myself down to earth and i'm like look i understand that this is a difficult journey I've had my own difficulties with X, Y, and Z. We're all on this path. We're all figuring it out. You know, I have clients who are, in terms of relative strength, relatively weaker than some of the other people in my in that same room. And they're like, oh, you know, so-and-so can deadlift 300 pounds. I'm like, look, it's still a deadlift. His deadlift and your deadlift are both deadlifts. We're all on the same journey. He's just a little bit different on the path right now. And that, there's nothing wrong with that. We're all working towards the same goal. It's just a little bit better. Have you tried being strong? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, I, I think bringing that human element uh, at least works for some people. I'm sure that there's a certain crowd that sort of appeals to. But anyway, yeah. I, I do appreciate that honesty and that, that sort of human element to the coaching persona because I think it's severely lacking most of the time in our industry, especially on the TikToks and Instagrams or whatever. Yeah. So, Yeah. This guy over here making it look easy all the time. He's wired that way. I Must guess be so. nice to be a three. Three wing two. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and let that be water <laughs> off a duck's back <laughs> right now. Because otherwise I'll spend the next 45 minutes <laughs> schooling you clouds <laughs> on what it's really like. Okay. Um, so we won't go there. But uh, Sarah, I want to thank you again for taking the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, to uh, come out on the show um, and for, uh, I guess, responding to a random dude's uh, DM, right, on Instagram. That that, I think that was me. That random was, dude yeah. was yeah. Andy Van. No, it, it, it wasn't me, me but uh, I'm not above sending um, <laughs> random a random DM. DM. <laughs> Just so we're clear. Tinder. Just so cool. we're clear. Yes. Um, so, again, we are so looking forward to seeing ISI Elite training get off the ground, especially mm -hmm. here in the nation's neighborhood, mm -hmm. which obviously has been uh, one of our favorite spots to hang out, mm -hmm. uh, just obviously over the course of this show. Um, so we're very much looking forward to it. So as we kind of wrap up here, 
give us the um, spiel. Where do people need to tune in? Mm -hmm. Where do people need to give their attention? And what do people need to know as we wrap up? Um, so we are in the last four-ish weeks before grand opening. Um, we do a ton of free sessions, so I can drop you guys. Our link tree kind of tells you everything. Our Instagram bio has a link tree. You can find your free workouts there. Um, we will be doing about eight sessions a week or so. Tonight, 6.30, hop on there, everything's free. Come hang out, learn a little bit about how it kind of goes. Um, we're booking appointments to tour the facility and do free in-body scans. So if you want to get a little bit more in-depth and figure out what your body composition is, talk about our goals, you know, at least have a platform to kind of bounce your ideas off of. We're there for that as well. That's in the link tree. Um, and as we get closer and closer to opening, we will do seven days free. So any person that wants to have seven days free of uh, access to ISI elite training, come do it. It's going to be a ton of fun. I like to dance around with my Britney Spears headset on and, yeah. you know, yell at people, but then tell them that I love them and Sorry for all the pain that I've caused. <laughs> <laughs> it's and it works. Good. It's yeah. all in good fun. And, and what you and I, can, we could probably, we'll drink beer first because we'll yeah. do the podcast. And then we can pop over to the Blues Planet to go over yeah. and do a, a 6.30 class on a Monday. Is that typical, 6.30 Monday? Six on Monday. Six on I Monday, typically. Back. Yeah, typically. Okay. Uh, six on Wednesday. Six on Wednesday. Up. Okay. So, or mornings, some noon classes, noon okay. sessions. Saturday, we'll be doing one as well. So, ISI Elite Training. Yeah. Look them up on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Holler at Sarah. ISI.Nashville. ISI.Nashville. Okay. Sweet. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Hey, thank you for coming out. You're welcome. Um, one more uh, big uh, cheers and word of thanks to Zahn's Brewing. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, cheers, for hosting us. I appreciate it. Uh, this might be the last show that you will see us here at Zahn's for just a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but again, uh, Ken and Janine and the whole crew uh, have just been uh, so... Uh, hospitable and and welcoming and really bending over backwards to uh really mm -hmm. provide us a space to record this podcast over the past six months, six months yeah. if not more um and it's been a wild ride and uh, we're going to be back here very soon um but in the meantime again just want to say how much that we appreciate um all of their work um, and their beer and their beer very good both behind and in front of the bar. <laughs> How about that? Uh, so again, thank you all so much for listening. Whether you're here in Nashville or around the world, we do appreciate you tuning in. Mm -hmm. Andy, anything else to wrap up with? Nope. All good. All right. A to Z, no BS. We will see you next time. Thank you. Goodbye.